0: How did the idea come about? So, basically, three of the fat lasses in the company got stuck in the back of a Ford Fiesta. Um, (laughs) And we'd never had a conversation about our bodies that was filled with so much laughter and not just about the things that we wanted to change. Uh, And so we thought that there was something really magic about it and we wanted to create a show that was uh, a sort of celebration. Talk
1: about being shamed, dehumanised, humiliated. Who would you regard as the main culprit of all of that?
0: I think it's... uh, I mean, to be honest, I think a lot of the issues surrounding women's bodies are often rooted in patriarchal systems. Um, so whether that magazines or films, television, anything of that regard that are so often being run by um, or dominated by men really, there is this idea of an ideal um, and I think that that leads down through our education system and I think that things are getting better but I do think a lot of these issues tend to be rooted in something patriarchal really. And is it difficult because
1: at the same time I suppose you don't want to um, advocate sort of unhealthiness but at the same time you you want to do away with all the shaming things. Is finding that balance hard Sarah?
0: I think that it can be. I think it's a tricky position to be in where you don't want to glamorise obesity but also you can't deny the existence of it and Mm. I think that this show is not about standing there and saying you know you need to look this way or it's bad that you look this way but it's about acceptance and it's about women really or or people who identify as female standing there and taking uh, acceptance and ownership over their body and turning that into something that is worth celebrating. And are there
1: sort of particular points in the show that like resonate with you personally more strongly than others?
0: I think that the work that we make is autobiographical so um, myself, uh, Rachel and Jess are the three actors in the show um, and it is about our genuine experiences of living in our own bodies so I do think that the stories that we tell will always resonate with us strongly because they are true and they are our own experiences.
1: And the you talk about education things will you be targeting schools with it or have any schools approached you
0: yeah absolutely so we have a schools pack at the moment that's available on our website and um, we've had an awful lot of outreach from schools that are wanting us to go in and do the show with their young people so we're currently working on a school version and um, and also we're running self-esteem workshops alongside of that so hopefully we can be a bit of a catalyst for change with young people and is the show about
1: also more than body are there other issues you address
0: I think that it's, it's primarily rooted in body image yeah. but I mean you know we touch on the topics of um, our, our mothers and um, our family youth um, and things like magazines and the patriarchy and those sorts of things really so it all is wrapped up in the theme of body image but we do touch on a, on quite a few things as well. Did you say all
1: of um, the Roaring Girl shows um, are autobiographical to an extent?
0: Yes they are yeah.
1: Would you ever sort of not do that? Would you sort of deter from that or maybe take someone else's story and outsiders, and see what you could do with that
0: I think we're very open to the uh, to the sort of work that we make I think that we are work is often rooted in truth and I feel like the stories that we tell are so authentic because they are our own I think we're certainly open to other people's stories and often through the process of making a show we engage with different groups and different communities and we share our stories in the hope that they share theirs as well so it's often a mutual exchange and I think that adds to the richness of the work and alongside Beachbody Ready we have a zine that we've put together with different uh, women uh, from across the UK that have contributed stories, poems, blogs, illustrations all to do with their own body image because we understand that Jess, Rachel and I are three white able-bodied women and that we don't yeah. represent everybody's experience and so we hoped that that zine would be you know an opportunity for other people to open our conversations around body image with people that they love and those around them.
1: Yeah, we have that with, with um, compiling every magazine we do, where we sort of have to step back all the time and look at it and think, actually, if this is a diverse issue, is yeah. everyone representing this? And it is... It's quite hard to achieve, but I think we do an okay job.
0: <laughs> it is. It's. Uh, I think. I think it is a really a tricky thing, but I think it's about opening up a platform for other people to share their voices and taking mm. other people along with you, and sort of recognising your own privilege in in the position that you're in to be able to share those stories.
1: Where where each of each member of the company does where they actually herald from, where they're from, does that impact on the work?
0: Uh, I I don't think it necessarily impacts on this one. I think we're all from different parts. Of the uk Mm. but what we found is actually the struggles that we faced with our own body image especially things that were rooted in our childhood and adolescence actually resonated the same and i think that's usually a good indicator for us that other other people will um, relate to it as well. You
1: always devise in the same way, is there a process you follow no matter what the show is?
0: Um, I think it differs uh, from process to process. I mean most of the time our rehearsal room is full of post-it notes and massive pieces of paper along the wall and we also always say that making a show with us is like therapy because for the first few days of making a show we just sit in a room and talk and we talk about our experiences and we look at what's the same and what's different and we sort of piece together this little puzzle and then on this show we're very lucky to work with a brilliant dramaturg called Lydia Marchand who is a young playwright from Hull and she's been phenomenal at helping us really make sure that the narrative is sound and that it's not self-indulgent and yeah and and then it makes sense to a a wider audience.
1: Men approach you about this show like with their own stories about body image because obviously it is an issue for them also.
0: Yeah absolutely I think um, generally our work is usually targeted at, at the those who are female identifying and yeah. um, but we've had so many men come along to the show and have shared their own experiences about their bodies and have also recognized that themselves in that equation and have said oh that I you know I used to say that or I used to act this way and I didn't realize the impact that that had and I've made an, a sort of an active pledge to to change the way that they respond to their friends to their families to their mums their sister you know in relation to their body image so yeah yeah, we've had so many brilliant men come up and, and share their stories with us as well. Is it
1: again to do with, with the patriarchal thing that it does seem to be a slightly more of an issue for women?
0: yeah I think that it is I think that again you know there's no denial there from us that men suffer from um, issues to do with their own body image but I think that women tend to be bombarded with it everywhere that we look and I think whether that's on the front of a magazine or it's on a there's a there's a film there's now you know influencers on Instagram and the Kardashians there's all of these people that are negatively influencing other young women and I think that that's raising us to believe that we're not good enough that our our peers aren't good enough and constantly looking for solutions to change the way that we look. And yeah, so I I do think it affects women in a slightly different way than it does with men. If you
1: could say abolish three words from the world in the interest of sort of your motivation behind all of this, what would they be?
0: I think the three words would be not good enough. I think that those are definitely the three words for me. Yeah. Because I think that actually, you know, um, myself and Rachel, who are two of the fat actors in the show, are completely comfortable with the word fat, for Mm. instance. Um, And I think that for us, you know, it's something that we have reclaimed. And it's not a word that means you are lazy, you are gross, you are uneducated, you are disgusting. I am fat in the way that Roald Dahl used to call characters fat. It's a descriptive word. um, And actually, it's nothing to be ashamed of. So I think that actually... we just need to stop telling ourselves that we're not good enough.
1: Yeah. And are there particular places that you're taking the show that will that you have a soft spot for?
0: I think we're starting off our tour at Hull Truck Theatre um, on the 9th and 10th of March. Uh, or the 10th and the 11th of March, sorry. <laughs> so many dates. Uh, and I think Whole Truck, we're affiliate artists there, and they've really helped us nurture the show from 2017. And we've performed the show maybe four or five times in the city now, and it's always been sold out. And the response that we've had from our community has been so strong that it, I think it's going to be... Uh, just really heartwarming to start the tour there so When
1: Hull had the City of Culture were you one of those people where you thought well yeah obviously about, about time actually I've known that for years
0: Oh absolutely I think Hull is a hotbed of diverse creative talent and discussion and I think it always has been and it's been really remarkable to see that now Hull has really been put on the map in the UK There's some brilliant theatre companies in Hull like Middle Child Theatre for example there in London at the moment and their writer won the the Guild Award. You know, we have uh, The Heard UK who make brilliant shows for children. Um, So there's so many wonderful companies that are being pumped out of this city and there's up and coming artists all of the time. So, um, yeah, for me it's just really a pleasure to see now that the light is shining on Hull in a really positive way. Do you think
1: um, the working class are represented enough in theatre currently?
0: Oh, absolutely not. No. I think that Traditionally, theatre and the arts in general has always been a middle-class profession. And I think even working-class people like myself who now work in it are considered to be middle-class by others. And, and also the level of money that you need to finance yourself in this career, you know, it, it really does sort of put up a barrier for working-class communities and artists who often have to work for free just in order to get their work on any platform. And I think that is changing I think slowly but surely we're seeing more brilliant working class artists storming to the, the forefront of it and, and really shouting about it and I think that being working class is becoming more something to be proud of and something that people own as an identity now rather than being sort of ashamed of where, where you come from. Is
1: it a reluctance from places are they reluctant for working class formers or shows about the working class?
0: I think now theatres more than ever are wanting to hear those Stories. And I think whether there's enough financial opportunity for those artists to make that work is a different story. But I do think that theaters, particularly across the UK, are now more interested than ever of the diversification of their stages. So we're seeing more shows from uh, people of colour, we're seeing more shows from people outside of the binary, we're seeing more shows from working class people. And that, to be honest, really makes my heart sing. I'm just glad that now, again, I don't think we're all the way there and there needs to be more of those opportunities opportunities, but there seems to be more of a surge of that than ever before. Uh also too uh, to pretty to punch
1: oh, I'm going to see that. Um um are in February and the daily day one. Um, oh
0: yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too like pretty to punch.
1: Yeah. I'm really yeah. looking forward
0: to it. They're brilliant and uh I, I would definitely recommend that show. I mean Class by Scotty has been a big one as well this year. Um and uh, I'm trying to think if there's any, anyone else that I really want to shout about, because there's so many brilliant shows going on. Um, but I think those four in particular, those four in particular... Oh, Since You've Been Gone is Teddy Lamb show. Sorry. <laughs> it just oh, clicked no, into my head. Oh, just finally, Sarah, why
1: did you um, name the company Roaring Girls?
0: So... <laughs> I think there's uh, a couple of reasons, really. I think to roar usually um, is to laugh a lot, and we do. Lizzie in our company laughs particularly loudly. You'll always spot her if she's at a theatre show. And we, we we wanted to create something that felt female-driven, that felt feminist-driven, but also sounded like a good laugh. And I think that uh, there's a brilliant book, uh, which we only found the other day, actually, which is called The Roaring Girls, The Forgotten Feminists of British History. And I think that really sums up us as a a company. We are proud feminists. We're shouting about our our work. We're shouting about other women. And and it's really about lifting other, other women up and giving a platform to some brilliant people.
1: I mean, sort of if it sounds like an obvious thing
0: to say, it takes some confidence to do that. Did you always have that? Absolutely not, no. Uh, In 2017, when we first started making the show, as part of the show, I wore a swim dress that covered my stomach and went down to my knee. I'd always been really ashamed and embarrassed about my body and had been taunted for it and bullied for it over the years. And making the show has been the most cathartic experience. It's just... It's made me get to a position where I still don't like my body and I don't think that this show tells you that you have to, but I'm at a place now where I accept that it is my body, you know what I mean? Yes. And it's okay to not like it, but I'm not gonna be embarrassed and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hide myself away anymore.